is eating. The boy is your Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And today we're going to talk about a new and special initiative that a few newspapers across the country have started that revolve around crimes and reporting and how much of an impact some of this digital footprint has on people who are trying to get a fresh start. So we're going to talk about this initiative that a few newspapers in the U.S. are doing. So again, listeners, as always, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. Ian, newspapers, you know, across the country are thinking about how they're reporting, what they're covering, and how anything that goes online lasts forever. You know, it, it's a very new initiative and something that is is really not heard of and definitely sparked by a lot of this Black Lives Matter and, and racial injustices that we're, we're hearing and, and seeing in the U.S. Were, were you shocked by this? Yeah, I mean, it seems like this is something that isn't very common, right? I think taking down or changing a story in journalism doesn't really happen. No, it, it, it never happens. I mean, I've been a journalist now for almost 10 years, and it's really hard to get someone to change something. Once it's published, it's published. Unless it is factually wrong, then they have to go through a whole process of making an edit, which is basically, as you know, a footnote at the end of the story that says, sorry for the correction, you know, this is what was meant to be said or or typed. So the fact of going into old stories that are, you know, 10, 15 years old and either deleting them or completely changing sentences is really unheard of. It's not the normal in journalism. And so you started talking about this initiative, but you know, where, where did it really come from? Where did it start? Yeah, so it actually came from Europe. For, for many years, they've had this right to be forgotten law where you could reach out to different outlets and make a, a case about, hey, I'd like this article taken down you know, whether it was racially biased, incorrect, maybe gave you a negative light where you were charged of a crime but never convicted. But yet, you know, a lot of news outlets don't update that. So say, Ian, you were charged with possession of marijuana, but you were never convicted of it. If I Googled your name, there would be an article online that would stay forever that says Ian Kennedy was charged with possession of marijuana which most people would infer that led to a conviction. And so it could lead to you never being hired or maybe not accepted for a fellowship or into a certain university or or what have you. But really, you did nothing wrong. Just because you were charged of something does not mean you were convicted. And yet that digital footprint stays on the internet forever. (laughs) So it's just something that could follow you around forever, regardless if you were guilty or not guilty. Just having your name in that way online forever would, you're right, limit you from job opportunities or fill in the blank. Could be anything. Exactly. And just for our listeners to give some perspective and background, you know, when it came to journalism, you know, many, many years ago, police reporting was very common. Newspapers would literally take police blotters and publish them online and publish them in the newspapers of 
you know, X person was arrested for shoplifting or, you know, whatever it was, and just take verbatim some of these police journals. And that stays forever. And that there's no follow up of whether, you know, they were wrongfully charged, you know, whether it led to a conviction or not. You know, maybe some of the initial reporting from the police wasn't backed up and is wrong, but that stays in the article. And, you know, as we talked about, it can really hurt you in the future of something you did X day 20 years ago that, you know, you never even got convicted of and it could haunt you and and really limit some opportunities. Hey, Ian, did you know besides the podcast, Dynamic English offers one-on-one classes with native teachers from all over the world? Really? But isn't it just a bunch of grammar lessons? Nope, it's completely discussion-based and focuses on topics the student is interested in. That's amazing. But what if I'm not living in Chile? No problem. Dynamic does online classes. You can be living anywhere. Great. But I'm a little intimidated to take the class alone. Can I join with a friend? Of course. Dynamic offers group classes of up to four. Plus, for the next month, Coffee of Gringo's listeners get 10% off individual or group classes. So go online to www.dynamicenglish.cl and mention that you are a listener and get your discount. Well, I'm sold. Sign me up. Why, Why exactly is this happening now, though? Why didn't this happen before, do you think? Yeah, so I think that, you know, with this summer, there was quite an awakening and newspapers, news outlets felt like they could maybe take an initiative themselves. And I got wind of this in my in my own city of Boston. The Boston Globe is a very reputable newspaper. It's been around forever. Uh, and it's one of the city's and state's main source of news. And, you know, they kind of took some ownership that we we did write on crimes too frequently. That was part of our coverage many years ago. And, you know, maybe wasn't fair if our coverage, it was racially biased, didn't back up a lot of the initial reports from police, didn't follow up to see if these led to convictions, and thought that if they could play a part, that they would do this, where, hey, you know, we're kind of taking some ownership, that maybe we had coverage that wasn't racially fair, and didn't, you know, follow up on on some charges to make sure that they should still be you know, reported on. So everyone, if you feel like you have an injustice and have something online that's hurting you that, you know, shouldn't be, reach out to us and we will consider, you know, taking it down or changing it. And so I think it was like an initiative where newspapers were like, how do I, how do we take some ownership and make sure that we're not adding to the problem, right? Because if you're a person of color in the U.S., it's hard enough to get a job because you have a lot of racial barriers within the system? Do you also need your future employer Googling you and seeing an article about you, putting you in a very negative light where you did nothing wrong? Right. So there sounds like they're kind of taking accountability for some of those stories that they had before and just not make it more and more difficult for people to clear their names or to, you know, not have this bad reputation because just of one thing, perhaps online. And so... Now, as a journalist, you know these things a little bit better than me. And so I wanted to ask you, do you think this is something that's going to catch on and spread with other publications? Do you think this is something that might become, you know, a standard in journalism moving forward? Or do you think, you know, perhaps it might just be the Boston Globe and some other publications that decide to make this ethical change? I think it's a really good question. I mean, I think newspapers definitely had more of a history of reporting on crime 
And as we know, with all the racially biased policing we've heard about this summer and, and has been in the U.S. for decades, that means a lot of those crime stories were targeted at a certain ethnic group, right, which is unfair. Coverage, what you cover and what you don't can be biased, right? And so I think it's important that a lot of newspapers are realizing that and changing their coverage, and they have. A lot of newspapers don't do the kind of stories that they normally would. They don't do a lot of crime stories, and they definitely are are thinking more about if I'm going to do a story about shoplifting, you know, if there's a white man who is shoplifting and a black man is shoplifting, I either report on neither of them or both of them, right? You can't pick and choose who you think is a criminal and, and who's not and what's a story and what's not for that. I think the slippery slope with having this be an initiative for all newspapers is that where do we stop? Right? Like if it's, you know, just crimes, is it then every story that everyone can appeal to and try to take down? I mean, that would be an issue, right? Because journalism is supposed to be, you're reporting on something that might be not great for some people, but it's the truth, right? Like you don't want people who did something wrong and is like, well, that makes me look bad. Take that down. And it's like, well, we're not here to make you look good or bad. It's the facts. Like if you, did X and we reported on X, then that's a story. <laughs> so I think you could have this slippery slope if every newspaper is like, reach out to us if you want something taken down because everyone would want every story taken down because everyone always has a problem with every story because there's always someone that looks great because someone else looks bad, right? And so I assume that there are also some people out there who probably don't think this initiative is a good idea because... Maybe they're, I don't know, journalism purists in the sense that they say, you know, once something's written, it should stay the way it was. It's a snapshot in, in time and history. So I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of any opponents to it, but I'm, a, I'm sure they also exist. Yeah, I mean, I think being a journalist, it goes against the grain of journalism, right? Like we report the facts and sometimes the facts aren't favorable to certain people and that's okay. Like that's journalism. So it, it is a little scary to think of taking things down and changing things after the fact you know because back in the day journalism was a newspaper you can't redact a newspaper it's out there it's on paper it's forever right but now we live in this digital age where it is a little scary that things are out there online forever but we do have more of a capability to change things but we have to find that balance of changing things in the right moment and not changing things in the right moment because just because it the story looks bad for someone if it's true we shouldn't change it like we have no right to that but if you know we're reporting on something that was never a story to begin with then i think that has a, a fair case of you know this story is hurting someone's life we never would cover it today we've realized you know it's unfair to have this kind of coverage that's a case and i think these newspapers are taking it case by case as they should instead of just everyone will take down your stories <laughs> <laughs> right. It should be a real case-by-case -case basis, not just a blanket sort of change. I'm sure it'll be interesting to see how this sort of develops and see if people really take advantage of this new initiative. And again, I hope people can be cleared of their names so it's not a scarlet letter that follows them around forever. No, I agree. The initiative is really just to kind of get at that, right? It's not supposed to change the way we do journalism. It's not supposed to take every new article down that someone doesn't like. It's really that 
hey, our coverage was racially biased and insensitive and hurt some lives. And this is how we're going to redress it. Like open up the option to, you know, if we did do a wrong to, to take it down. And I think I think that's taking some ownership, which is great because the media is powerful. Right. And we all know that what's said about us online stays. So it's important that if it's the truth, then it's out there. But if it's not fair, then it shouldn't be. So, yeah. So me and Ian, we just wanted to chat, you know, with Everything going on these days about, you know, racial injustice in the U.S., I think this is just one initiative that, you know, we thought was was something worth chatting about. So listeners, you know, we'll, we'll provide more in the transcript. And, and if you get lost, please, please check that out. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos officially has over 100 episodes, and we are among the top podcasts in Chile. And that's thanks to you. But we're always working to grow our audience, so make sure to rate, review, and share us. 